Hello, welcome to the agroinnovations.com podcast, all things related and debated in agriculture. Today we conclude the foodology seminars that have taken place this past summer in Albuquerque, New Mexico. But before we get into that, I'd like to implore all the people that are listening to this podcast to get in touch with us. Tell us what you think, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, suggest a show, leave a comment on the website. We want to hear from you. We know you're out there, so please get in touch with us. You can contact us via the website, or you could send us an email at podcast at agroinnovations.com if you prefer. So now that that's out of the way, we are today broadcasting a talk given by Chuck O'Haran Alex, who is quite an innovative gardener. And he has designed a very special kind of raised bed gardening, a module that you can install pretty much anywhere, and it seems that he's doing that. So he's going to tell us a little bit about that design, how it works, and this is one of those things that's a little bit visual. So if you want to go to Chuck's website and see some of the pictures that of the garden in action, you can go to www.veggiegrower.net. Or you can see some pictures, as I said, and you can also get in touch with Chuck if you'd like more information or if you'd like him to build a garden for you. So with that said, let's get underway. I'm your host, Frank Aragona. This is the AgroInnovations.com podcast. You know, this is a hard group for me to speak to. I I do get to speak to a number of different groups um, around the country. Um, Most of the time, it's complete strangers. And I actually know about half of you, and some of you are even from my church, so I, I can't lie and you know do all those things, uh, tell any stories. Um, so I just want to talk basically um, about home food production and why why that might make sense. If you look at the handout that Jack uh, passed out, if you look on I don't know what to call it on the back of the food facts sheet, uh, and if we go down and look at the black dots. So first of all, I'm in the the production category, and I'm just gonna go through and look at the black dots, since those were the ones that seemed to be more significant. And we'll ask you whether or not home food production, you know, uh, uses any of this energy. So under production, equipment energy, you know, very little. Uh, Human energy, Yes, but I call that exercise, which you know we, we can see as a positive thing. Um, animal energy, you know, I, I don't think anybody uses um, animals in their backyard to, to help them farm, at least not, not in an urban environment. Uh, and then going down under processing, I mean, if, if you're growing your own food at home, there's no processing other than harvesting, bringing it inside. So energy used, and then the transportation, you know, that's walking from your garden to your kitchen, which again, I like to consider exercise as a positive thing. Uh, distribution, all three of those categories, um, you know, don't come into play when you're growing some of your own food. Uh, and then storage, you know, obviously, uh, if you harvest vegetables and you don't use them right away, you may put them in, in the refrigerator. So there's a little bit of energy there. Um, and then going down to, to storage, uh, the cooking energy, I'm not real clear on what that talks about, but I'm assuming... That's a misprint. Oh, okay. Yeah, cooking energy should be in preparation. Okay. Storage. So there could be 
uh, energy used for cooking, even if you grow some of your own food. And then the disposal, uh, the reuse, the composting, I guess I, I again see that as a very positive thing. So, uh, you know, growing some of your own food obviously can, can make a huge difference when we're talking about the, the footprint. Um, I've been, I, I introduced myself as a gardener and a garden advisor. Somebody once said I should consider myself as a horticultural consultant. And I thought about it for a few seconds and said, that's too hard to spell. Um, so, you know, Martha asked me earlier, well, how is it that you, you know, survive advising people about gardening? Um, I have come up with a, a garden that I think is a good, good design. And I'm going to just talk briefly with you all about that. I want to want to sort of give a disclaimer. Um, I do make and I do sell these, but I also love what Frank was doing uh, before we even started in saying, I'm going to copy your design. How do you do this? How do you do that? You know, I love doing that because in reality, you know, while this is my design, you know, I've taken things from uh, different people, different uses. Other people have mentored me, so I'm happy to give it away. My feeling is, and so far my business is doing well, that there's enough people who would rather just open their checkbook and have me build a garden that I can provide for myself. So I'm, I'm happy if you're interested in making your own. Um, I'm also happy if you're interested in, in buying one. So originally, about five years ago, I was working for an organization. And part of my job was taking groups down to the Juarez, Mexico, El Paso, Texas border. And we would go down and we would visit with people who were living on top of the former dump in Juarez. And the people there you know, were living, um, it, 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 it's sand, but underneath the sand is garbage. So anything that could be grown in that um, quote unquote soil, uh, you, know, you, you wouldn't want to eat. So I began uh, just thinking, you know, what, what is something that I could do to help these people? And about five years ago, I came across this idea of micro-intensive gardening, which is growing a lot of food in a small amount of space. And I began uh, talking with people down there about whether or not this system might, might work there. And you know, we went through a lot of dialogue. How can we do this without creating more problems than, than we're solving? And how can we, you know, who gets a garden? And you know, how, how do we do this? So we did a lot of the background work. And then we began taking gardens that I bought from another organization and realized very quickly that we could build our own gardens for a lot cheaper. So over about three years, played around with the, the design and have come up with the design that I, I have now. Um, so let me just talk about this a little bit. Um, the gardens all have about 12 inches of growing space. Uh, a minimal amount of space for a garden should be eight, eight and a half inches deep of, of good soil. Um, all of these gardens have drainage. There's a plywood bottom, which allows you to put it anywhere. You can put it on gravel. You can put it on cement. You can put it on your roof. Um, you can put it in your backyard. You don't have to worry about tree roots, Bermuda grass, any of the other things that get into gardens. Um, on top of the plywood, on the inside, there's a layer of lava rock. And the lava rock creates airspace. On top of the lava rock, there's a it's basically a weed barrier material that is semi-permeable. So when you're watering your garden, water can percolate through, but soil doesn't get through to clog up the drain holes. 
So it does provide for drainage. And another really key, key factor that I found is the protective cover. And each garden has two cover materials. This white material is a warm weather cover. And here in Albuquerque, I recommend this go on uh, end of February or, or March. This uh, blocks the wind, which is really you know, strong here in the spring. It does keep bugs out, uh, so it provides some pest control. And even though this material does breathe, it cuts down on evaporation. So you have a high humidity growing area inside. And then in the winter, you can change this material out for uh, flexible greenhouse plastic. So it becomes a mini greenhouse. Um, so as long as you have this in a sunny spot, uh, you can grow greens and some root crops all winter long. So again, you know, this combines a lot of different um, gardening techniques. I mean, square foot gardening, if you read that book, uh, is in there. Biointensive gardening is in there. Uh, raised bed, you know, this is, this is basically a raised bed. And this is sort of a combination between a hoop house and a cold frame. Um, so it's a lot of different things that have come together. Um, and I'm continually amazed that I was the one who put this together. Um, I do make the gardens in a lot of different sizes and configurations. This one is, is the, a smaller one, a two by four. I make a, a mini one, a two by two. I make a five by three, a four by four, an eight by two, and then I make a big one of four by eight. Um, so there's a lot of different, different components here, but you know, as Frank wants to do, you know, uh, uh, go ahead and use some of the aspects, and I'm happy to, to talk with you about um, any of the different features that you're interested in. Have you ever put wheels on that? Then it would I, be like a little covered wagon. Yeah, and then I could call it a Conestoga garden. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Believe me, I've heard that. You know, funny, with, with the, the yes, like yeah. So you can move it around your patio uh, for sun. So, yeah. I mean, a funny story is when Kathy and I were out on the Navajo reservation setting up one of the big gardens, you know, I heard a couple of the folks talking, you know, they were saying, hey, that looks like a covered wagon. Who's going to jump out of there? You know, so uh, it was interesting that, that, you know, that was what they saw right away, the, the covered wagon thing. Um, I have actually had the, the great blessing of traveling around the country and helping different groups set up these gardens. So they work really well in the southwest where we get sun all winter long. But um, last month I was in Athens, Georgia, training people how to make them. And then about three weeks ago I was helping to set up two of the four by eight gardens on the roof of a charter school in the Bronx, New York. So uh, I'm interested to see how those do. Um, so uh, that's kind of my spiel. You know, if, if uh, the advantage of doing something like this, while there is initial startup cost for material, and if you want me to build you one, you, you pay me to do it, um, the advantage of, of in-ground gardening, it uses a lot less water, because in-ground gardening, you water, and you know how much of that water actually goes past the roots of the, of the plants and just continues, go, continual, continues to go down. Whereas with this, when it hits the semi-permeable layer, it stops the water, gives the roots and the compost a little more time to absorb that water, and then eventually it will filter through. And when you see water coming out of the drain holes that are on the front and the back, you know that you saturated the soil. So it's a great way to monitor water use. Um, also, you don't have to spend time weeding. Uh, none of the root weeds, trees, um, 
bindweed, Bermuda grass, none of that can get in. Um, and with the cover, uh, airborne seeds can't get in either. Um, another advantage is that you start with a perfect soil mixture. So you don't have to spend years amending, you know, your sandy alkaline soil that is everywhere here. Um, the cover I found, uh, you know, it's essential in the winter and it really does make a difference um, uh, spring, summer, and fall. Um, there's other advantages, but I can't think of them. So, you can grow all year round. Yeah, you can grow, grow something, definitely. Yeah. Any other questions or comments? Yeah, what I usually recommend for warm weather crops um, is that you start those with the cover closed. Uh, squash, tomatoes, peppers. Uh, you start it with the cover closed, and then as those begin to grow, you leave the cover open. So you harden those off, you know, as they're growing. Leave it open an hour one day, two hours the next. So eventually, this time of year, the cover will be open. You'll have squash, melon, cucumbers planted around the edge that will be vining over and all over. Your high tomato plants will be in the center and can grow up. And then as you prune off the lower tomato branches, where you don't get tomatoes anyway, you can do bush beans, peppers, other low-growing other growing plants. So by the time you're ready for pollination, your plants will be so big that you'll leave the cover off. Yeah. I think there was another question. I was just wondering, what is the what is the winter cover? It's, it's a six mil flexible greenhouse plastic. So to change it, you just take off, take the screws out of these one by twos. This material lifts off. You drape the plastic over, screw these on, and trim it up. And I've done it 300 times, so it's very easy um, for me. But uh, with doing it once or twice, you get the hang of it. Again, I want to reiterate, this is one possible solution. You know, it's not the only solution, but I think, you know, any way that you can grow a little bit of your own food is definitely cutting down on, on your footprint. I do have a little garden store down on Silver. I have different models, um, and I have a card with uh, a website. So if you're interested in more information, uh, I can get that to you. That's all we have for you today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to Chuck O'Hare and Alex for sharing his gardening innovations with us. If you'd like to mo learn more, once again, you can go to www.veggiegrower.net. We will link to that on our website. You can take a look at some pictures of the garden, and you can also get in touch with Chuck. Once again, we'd like to hear from people that are listening to this podcast. Please get in touch with us via email, podcast at agroinnovations.com or you can leave a comment on the website and the website also has an email contact form where you can get in touch with us as well we want to know what you think of the podcast suggestions thoughts and perhaps you are someone or you know someone that would be a great person to interview thanks so much for listening this is the agroinnovations.com podcast I'm Frank Aragona saludos saludos